0: A strength of of having a friend as a business partner is that we're constantly respectful of each other. You know, it's just always, oh, work is too hard. No worries. I got it this week. Don't worry about it. You know, so we were always constantly very respectful of each other's priorities and of each other's needs. And I think that came from the friendship aspect. The flip side of that is that sometimes you do need to hold your business partner to a standard.
1: Welcome to the Wear Wag Repeat Podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. In this episode, I'm talking to Carly Letkey, who you might recognize from her own podcast called With a Dog. She recently went solo with the show after co-hosting it with her fellow dog-loving friend, Izzy. We talk about the pros and cons of working on a business with a friend and how the two of them decided to pivot when Izzy needed to step back from the podcast. Dog podcasting isn't the only thing Carly and I have in common. She also spent some time living in London. So we got a chance to talk about the differences in dog friendly culture between the US and England. Kind of makes me want to move back to London. <laughs> Before playing this interview, I just want to tell you really quickly about an amazing video series that just dropped today at wherewagrepeat.com slash bschool. You might have heard of Marie Forleo. She's the founder of B-School and the author of Everything is Figure Outable I'm a major fan of hers, and I've also been a part of the B-School community since 2020. That's why I can say with utmost confidence that you do not want to miss the free video training that Marie is releasing this week. It kicks off with... Six Essentials to a Thriving, Profitable Business, where you'll learn why big-hearted people like us are wired to succeed in a digital world. Plus, Marie will give you the six-pillar roadmap to get your online business running smoothly. Get access to this free training, plus two more later this week, by going to wearwagrepeat.com slash bschool. Carly Ledke is a fellow dog mom and host of With a Dog, the podcast for the modern dog parent. She interviews professionals and influencers in the pet industry and talks all things life with a dog. She has worked in the animal welfare field for the last 10 years from animal cruelty investigations to shelters and even dog food companies. And last but not least, her most important job is dog mom to Her two rescue hound dogs, Lupin and Albus. Hey, Carly. Hello. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to have a fellow podcaster on the show. It's really fun because we like, you know how it works. We've seen behind the scenes.
0: Yes. Yeah. We can get all geeky with the tech stuff and compare notes and stuff. It's fun.
1: Yeah, everyone who's listening, we we spent like 10 minutes fiddling with our microphones and stuff beforehand. <laughs> so, this should sound like the best quality interview ever.
0: <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. It would be so bad if it doesn't. <laughs> um, so so t- let's just dive in. Tell us a little bit
1: about your show with a dog. Um, what inspired you to start it? Because, you know, we know that podcasting is a lot more work than it seems like it is. So so what inspired you to, to do this? Because it is a lot of work.
0: Yeah. Um. You know, I think the workload I didn't realize until after I started it. <laughs> but as far as the inspiration, I have always worked in the animal welfare field, as you said in my bio. And um, I always had resources at my disposal for how to help my dogs whether it was a health issue or behavior issue and i could always you know i worked at a vet office i could always just turn to the vet and say hey his ear is doing something funny can you take a look at it really quick or you know he's having some digestive issues chicken and rice whatever you know like i always had yeah. these resources and it it got me thinking most of the dog parents out there don't have these resources it would always kind of shock me you know when i'd be speaking with a family or or friend and they would say oh yeah you know they had my dog had some stomach issues and i didn't know what to do so i've kind of just haven't been feeding them or something i'm like well no here there's there are fixes like you don't know this and and so i was like wow if there was a way that we could get this information out to people in an easy format, they can just listen to the podcast on the dog walk. Then hopefully it would, people would enjoy that. And then also create a bit of, more of a community around the dog parent life per se, which is how we came up with the name life with the dog.
1: I love it. And I think there, there's such a need for that. Um, Cause I've, I've seen similar things. I get the weirdest text messages and DMS from people asking me, like, should I be worried? My dog has this like wound on their leg. And I'm like, I'm not the veterinarian.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But people just think that, you know, I, you know, have experience and and you do too. Um, And, and they just want to reach out and get, get advice. Cause sometimes there's just, you know, there's little things that come up day to day and you're right. Not everyone has the resources or the experience to know, like, what should you worry about and what should you not worry about um yeah. and the community part is so important too because um you know i i and that's kind of been hard this past year with the pandemic is like i haven't been able to see so many of my dog friends mm-hmm. but you know my in-person dog friends have kind of been replaced by my virtual dog friends yes. um cuz like you know we all we all want to talk about our pets and we all are interested in seeing a million photos of each other's pets. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: Exactly. Um, like,
1: you know, other, other friends from other, other parts of my life who are like, they don't get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's so true. I think doing the podcast this past year during pandemic quarantine has actually been so wonderful for me because I, I had just moved back from living in London, and so I didn't have a lot of friends in the Seattle area to begin with. But then I got all these virtual friends and all the guests that I had on, and it was so fun to make those connections, even though technically I've never met them in person.
1: Right. Yeah, but we we have so many friends all over the world now because of podcasting and social media and everything. It's really cool. Mm Um. So so you wanted to create a resource to kind of help pet parents, um, and you decided to do a podcast. Instead of doing a blog or a newsletter or something like that, you decided that a podcast would be the best way to do it. Um, and you also had a co-host, um, Izzy. Yes. And how
0: did you guys meet each other? So Izzy and I met when we were both working at an animal shelter in Seattle. And this was... I believe four or five years ago now. And as I was leaving the shelter to move to London, she was just coming in. And so I kind of trained her a little bit. She had worked at shelters before, so she knew what she was doing. And so instead of training her, all I did was really, we just got to talking and Izzy is English. So she kind of, you know, I was picking her brain about all things England and kind of getting really hyped for my experience to go to to move to London. And she was living in Seattle because her husband is American. And so we, yeah, we just kind of clicked and connected. And then when I moved back from London, I looked Izzy up and said, let's do a podcast. (laughs) Ah. Yeah. And she was kind of like, okay, sure. And was totally down for it. Well, so that's really cool how
1: it kind of worked out. Um, Her being from England, you spending all that time in England, and then being able to do this podcast together, you know, just, I'm sure you guys were able to bond over so
0: many things. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that was why I contacted her and was like, let's do this. One, she's got a great accent. So it's, it's great to listen to on the podcast, but two, she had a very similar experience as me with working in the animal and the pet industry, um, at shel- various shelters and rescues. And then also I, I really wanted to keep that connection, that English connection that I made in London. And, and I wanted to be able to talk to someone about the TV shows over there and, and my experience. So it, it really was a perfect fit.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just kind of fun how it worked out that way. Um, and so I wanted to ask you because I, I lived in London a long time ago for a year, I was studying fashion. And so I had nothing to do with dogs (laughs) at all. (laughs) But actually my, my aunt, um, she's lived in Europe for the past, I don't know, probably 25 years or something like that. And she was the first one in our family who got chocolate labs Mm -hmm. and she started with one dog and then he had separation anxiety And it was like howling and her neighbors were complaining and they got a second dog to kind of help with that. Even though now I know that that's not the best way to alleviate (laughs) anxiety, but at the time, 20 years ago, that's what they did. And so she bred her dogs and I had a puppy from one of her litters. So, um, so even though when I was in London, I had nothing to do with dogs, I was with her and her dogs all the time. And we went over a few times, um, like when we went to go pick up our, our puppy, Lola, um, who we got there. And, and so I kind of saw what it was like, like to be a dog mom because she was definitely like a crazy dog mom yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we were there. But I don't know anything about the pet industry in England, um, but I hear from people, you know, when I hang out on Clubhouse, there seems to be a lot of London pet people Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least a few who are in like every pet clubhouse room that I go in and they're always saying how different it is. And, uh, you know, especially pet influencer work is so different there compared to here. Um, and I was just curious what your observations were and, you know, especially, you know, maybe you Aunt Izzy kind of s- just saw how different it was there. You know, how,
0: how does it differ, I guess, than the U S pet industry? Yeah. You know, I, I, I really think that it differs in quite a few ways. The first one is just the dog friendliness within society. So what I mean is, is you, know, you go to a restaurant and it's like, oh, are you dog friendly? And, and more often than not in the US, they are not unless you're sitting outside on the patio or something. And to me, it really seemed like dogs were integrated into society a lot more over there because most pubs are dog friendly, so you can bring your dog into the bar, not just you know sitting outside. You can bring them in, and there's a water bowl. They're like, oh, do they want a bed? You know, we have a pile of beds in the corner, and that's that's not every pub, but almost every pub was dog friendly. So there's that, and then it was all public transportation was dog friendly. So I brought my dog into work with me very easily, and then. But more so than that, it wasn't just that it was dog friendly, but that people didn't mind the dogs being there either. You know, so I was standing right next to on the on the tube, tons of banker businessmen going to work. They're in and they're in their three-piece suits. Lupin would brush up against them and get hair on their suits, and they didn't care. Like it was just that they were part of society. It wasn't like this dog is a nuisance. It was just they were welcomed. And so I'm not saying that the US. Dogs aren't welcome, but I think I think it is a little bit different, you know, the it was just they were just more integrated into like, yeah, there's a dog on the tube. It's not a big deal. and and especially, you know, Lupin is a large dog. So yeah. you know, he's even a little bit more inconvenient than the little purse, you know ones or something. I couldn't put him in my bag. It was like another bean. And when the tubes were packed, he would actually take a place of a person and they would miss the train because. They couldn't get on because of him, but there was no ill will towards that. So I thought that was very interesting. That was, that probably my first one. And then the second is in London, that's when I really got into taking Lupin everywhere and taking pictures and doing the whole Instagram thing with it. And for me, it was just fun because I was like, how awesome can I, I can take my dog and take a picture in front of, you know, the tower bridge or whatever, and just be like, you know, this, this crazy, special moment of taking of being there together and having that memory together at all these cool sites. So that's kind of how the Instagram part got started. But it was Yeah, the pet industry is thriving there, there were dog markets, like, at least once a quarter, you know, or in different parts of the the city. Um the parks all so there's they don't have leash laws so all the dogs are off leash in the parks which is personally i found that amazing um lupin does much better when he's off leash so not that he can't walk well on a leash but you can just tell he's enjoying himself a little bit more and i'm enjoying myself a little bit more and because i don't have to be you know constantly be like we're going this way as he wants to follow his hound nose so um yeah so i think it just to me it just felt like it was thriving there it felt like it was people were constantly not only were the dogs ingrained in society but they were welcomed and and the pet industry was was almost like the human industry of like there were markets you can go and buy things for your dogs and yeah it was just really fun i i absolutely loved it i've seen like there's a couple of big festivals
1: there too mm-hmm. for dogs um yeah, you're right. It is so just – I don't even think dog friendliness is, like, the word. It's just, like, they're just part of everything, you know? Yes. Yeah. Over, overseas, I guess you could say. Um, yeah, it it makes me kind of <laughs> – it makes me, like, kind of sad mm-hmm. thinking about how it is here, you know? And it's just, like, there's so – you see so
0: many signs that are, like, no dogs allowed. Keep your dog off of my lawn or Yeah. Whatever. Mm -hmm. No, exactly. Exactly. And it was just, yeah, there, there are so many, there, there seems to be a resistance with even people who love dogs. They're like, they, they even will be like, no, like, keep the dog away from me or no. Why is the dog at this restaurant? Or why is the dog on a walk with us? And whereas there, I just didn't really feel any of that. However, that being said, I was working in the animal welfare space or I was working in the pet industry which is um I was at a dog food company so it was extra ingrained even in pr- my professional life so yeah take but that that's it's a, a good
1: comparison like to you know our, everyone who's listening to this like all of our lives here we're all surrounded by pets more than your average person too yeah. so yeah there's that Did you know that being a big-hearted creative is a strength in business? If that perks up your ears, there's a free training that I want to tell you about. My multi-passionate entrepreneur idol, Marie Forleo, is hosting three action-packed trainings this week. The first video, Six Essentials to a Thriving, Profitable Business, is out now. I got a sneak peek and I have to tell you about my biggest aha moment. Marie says that big-hearted people like you and me are wired to succeed in a digital world. As women in the pet industry, we have really big hearts and we work hard every day to improve the lives of pets and their people. This video training taught me that compassion is actually our competitive advantage. In addition to this amazing pep talk, Marie uses this training to share the six-pillar roadmap a thriving, profitable business. This is the framework to get your online business up and running, then growing to the next level. Get access to this video plus two more later this week by going to wearwagrepeat.com slash bschool. This link is also in my Instagram bio. Definitely check this one out. Okay, so let's like shift gears a little bit and talk about the podcast and, and the, the business of it, really. Um, so, so what was it like having like a business partner who's also a friend? Because you guys, like you said, when you first met, you know, training Izzy at the shelter, you guys were really friends. And mm-hmm. then you started this podcast together. And what are some of the struggles and, and maybe benefits of having a, a business partner and a podcast partner who's also a friend?
0: Yeah, um, this is a very timely question because Izzy actually just took a step back from our podcast, which, which you know, but she took a step back and she's now only gonna be a kind of a, a recurring guest role, which is a once a month where we uh, get together and just, we call it the monthly scoop where we just talk about everything dog that happened in that last month, as well as some pop culture and just update on our lives. So, but to begin with, Izzy and I got started and, and it was, yeah, it was all great. You know, we were really enjoying it. And however, as we started to get a bit bigger, not that we're huge or anything, but as we started, you know, creating a little bit momentum behind the podcast and, you know, we had to be a little bit more timely with our Instagram posts and just things like that, just managing the business, it got a little bit harder to juggle. So I would say, a strength of of having a friend as a business partner is that we're constantly respectful of each other you know it's just always oh work is too hard no worries i got it this week or um like oh i don't really like that you know color scheme or something you know for the logo oh that's okay like i understand what you're saying let's change it and or you know oh wow you're you're having some health issues in your family that you need to take a break for don't worry about it. You know, so we were always constantly very respectful of each other's priorities and of each other's needs and I think that came from the friendship aspect. Um the flip side of that is that sometimes you do need to hold your business partner to an, a standard. And so I think that was probably one of our struggles is that we were maybe too nice to each other. <laughs> and and that because we were too nice, things just didn't get done. It's like, oh, okay, don't worry, we'll do it next week. And then next week rolls around, something else happens, life, whatever. And and we kind of just didn't accomplish the things we wanted to accomplish. And so I think those are probably the main struggles in friendship. And it, it basically came to a head a couple of months ago where Izzy, she's gotten a promotion at work that she's been w- working really hard towards. Uh, she is an essential worker. She works at a vet office. And so she's been going to work this whole last year, whereas I'm podcast full time. And so it just kind of came to be, she was like, I, I want to do this so badly. I love everything we've created. And when I'm here, when I'm podcasting, I love it. But it's the stress of the rest of it throughout the rest of the week, you know, juggling work and still trying to, you know, spend time with her dog and her family and husband, and all of that. And so she made the decision. Well, we we sat, sat down and talked and I said, she kind of explained her struggles. And I was like, well, you know, this podcast is ours. You know, that that is the benefit of starting your own business is that you can make the rules as you want to a certain extent. And so I said, you know, what can you handle? And she said, you know definitely once a month i'd love that and i was like all right let's do that and and so that was a li- it's it's a little hard on my aspect because now i'm taking everything full time but as far as the friendship it's actually i think made our friendship stronger because we've gone through that together and then also we don't have to try to fit each other into a box of like business partner and friend or w- there was no it was hard to balance that before. Whereas now it's like, it's just friend. And we're just, you know, just so happy to be together when we are for that, for that one episode a month. And now we get to hang out outside of the podcast and not talk about the podcast. (laughs) And so, so I think, you know, in the end it's, it's turned out really good, but there was definitely some ups and downs over the last year.
1: Sure. Well, and it sounds like it's so important to communicate. I mean, we hear this all the time, but sometimes it's harder to walk the walk uh, and mm-hmm. talk the talk when it comes to that kind of stuff. But it's so important to communicate and um, and be honest about your stress level and workload, um, yeah. so that it so that it doesn't get to a point where you have a falling out or something like that. Exactly.
0: Yeah, and I'm really happy that we we did talk about it when we did because I think it could have built up resentment. Between mm-hmm. each other, between us, you know, and, and so I am really happy that we addressed it and we've been able to maintain our friendship. She's been able to still connect with the listeners and, and be here for something that we've created, but just, you know, cause it could have, it could have gone, you know, a very different direction if we let it go longer and, you know, she just completely was out and it's like, oh no, you know, so I think this, this turned out kind of just good all around. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like everyone feels good about it. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Did you guys have any kind of like formal, like written partnership agreement or
0: anything like that that you had to
1: reference That's or
0: adjust? a great question. So we said before we monetized, we would want to create either an LLC with that ri- written agreement. And we did, we did verbally speak with each other about it. But I think that was another thing that was just weighing on us was that I was doing the bulk of the work. Um, not that she didn't do her part, but I was doing a significant majority of it. And she was not just because she was working full time. So it, it made sense. And so that was one thing that i think was just weighing on us before we did move into monetization and sponsorships all of that we were like how is this going to split up and and so i think now with this new situation it's just like podcast is fully mine and she's coming on as a guest and and she's happy with that and and so am i
1: yeah and it's a lot easier to figure out like once you start getting money involved you really do need some kind of legal yes. protection of some kind. Yeah. Um so speaking of monetizing, um I think s- this came up in my Wearback Repeat Society recently. People are like how do you monetize podcasts? <laughs> 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 um so what are some things that you have in mind to to monetize your show?
0: Yeah, so I'd love to get some brand product sponsors and Just so I can then give to me, that would be feel like I would be giving back to the listener community by offering them type of some kind of discount or something, you know, use this code, the with a dog podcast code, and you can get 10% off your purchase, stuff like that. I would, I would absolutely love that because it would feel like I'd be giving back to them. So a sponsored ad, affiliate links, things like that would be how I'd be looking to sponsor or to monetize. I'd love to work with some of our guests and create some kind of guide or ebook things that people can purchase. And that we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'm I that's feel like a that's good a good
1: idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I think it would be really, really fun to just partner or collaborate with some people and create that. Especially my specialty is is more into the rescuing shelter. So we've done some episodes on how to rescue and um and like how to go to a shelter to adopt a dog things like that but i'd love to put it into more of a like a quick guide that people can purchase for 5 10 bucks you know something something that's just you know easy and digestible but maybe a little bit more hard copy than listening to the podcast something that yeah. they could return to and and look at i think that's such
1: a great um, idea if you're if you're ever interested i would love to collaborate on something that's, since my expertise is social media marketing, I've always (laughs) tried to, and I've done scholarships to my Instagram course to rescues, but we could Mm -hmm. maybe do a guide that's like how to do social media for rescues. Oh my gosh. I think they need it so much. They need it so bad. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just, it's, I can't quite figure out how to get it into their hands and get them to do it, but maybe
0: elaborate on that. I would love that. That would be so good. That's so true. You know, the the shelter life, you know, even if they do have a marketing team at the shelter, which is is more rare unless they're a big organization. You know, sometimes it's they yeah, they they need to kind of figure it out a little bit more and your expertise would be I think very beneficial. So yeah. Well, let's do that.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Done. Um, so before we wrap it up, uh, I've, I, we have to ask you about your dogs. Um, we have talked about Lupin because you've had him for longer. You guys lived in London together, but you also have a, a second dog that came into your life last year. Yes. Um, is Albus a pandemic dog? He, or? Is. he okay. is a
0: pandemic dog. So, well, the plan was always to get Albie. Well, A second dog at some point at the beginning of 2020. So when we moved back to London, we, when we moved back to Seattle from London, that was the deal. I was like, let's buy a house, let's get a second dog. If you're, (laughs) and I I say that to my husband, like it's an ultimatum, but it was just kind of like, (laughs) you know, we love London, we loved it so much. I was like, oh, if we have to move back, then let's do these things. Cause I think then that maybe would even the scales a little bit. But yeah, so, so, Albie was always planned even before pandemic hit. Uh, but yes, he was a pandemic adoption and it was, it was kind of hard to find a hound dog in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Lupin was a a one-off breeder turned hoarder and I adopted him situation, but otherwise there's not very many hounds up here. And so you either have to wait for a transfer to come up from Texas to the shelters up here or you can um you know work with right. a rescue down there to yeah, yeah exactly or yeah. drive down there. Yeah. And so we found a rescue that does transfer up, but that was quite hard because a lot of the rescues and shelters at that time were not doing transfers anymore because of COVID restrictions. So yeah, so we found one and we went and met him at the foster home he where he'd only been for a couple days. And he was just he's just such a sweetheart. Um, he was, we did a few little tests and everything. You see, you know, how he was with food and how he was with Lupin, but they immediately started sharing a water bowl. They each took treats really well from, you know, my hands, even sitting next to each other. And he was just, he was such a cute boy. So I was like, okay, this is, yeah, <laughs> it was like, wow. this, this is it. So he was the first one we met and him home. I was
1: just going to ask you how many, how many you met. Um, but it sounds like it was just meant to be.
0: It was. Yeah. So he was, he's blended into our family so perfectly. He honestly, I I feel very blessed because he's had very few issues besides, you know, doing some basic obedience training and, um, he's not great in the car, which we're working on. He gets very, very excited and very vocal. When he's in the car, (laughs) which is not fun to have a hound baying in your ear as you're trying to drive, but other than that, he's been very easy, very seamless, which is um, which was very different than my experience with Lupin because he was a little bit more of a project when we got him.
1: Yeah. Well, it sounds like getting a second dog during the pandemic was probably a really fun um, distraction and a, a good project to put your energy into.
0: Yes, exactly, and I think it's good too because Lupin is is. 11 now so he's getting older albie is we think about like five or six so i think it was it was a nice it's nice to have the two kind of dogs in different life stages and and just add a little bit more variety so i'm not constantly focusing on lupin and his aging (laughs) otherwise i would be constantly just staring at him like what can i do what do you need you're (laughs) old now (laughs) yeah yeah. I know I've been there been
1: there before um all right well Carly this was so much fun talking to you um unfortunately we have to end the episode so tell everyone where they can find you and listen to your podcast and just like listen to you even for longer
0: (laughs) (laughs) awesome yeah well this has been really fun being on the other side of the interview I haven't had much experience doing that so it was very interesting so, thank you everyone for listening. But you can find me at with a dog podcast is the podcast name and with a dog podcast.com at with a dog podcast on TikTok. Slowly learning how to use TikTok. So, you know, <laughs> if you want to follow on there, it would be much appreciated. And if you want to follow me personally, my Instagram is at Carly with a dog.
1: Awesome. Well, Carly, thank you so much for your time. And it was, so fun talking about London and dogs and all the things.
0: Yeah, you too. Well, I can't wait for you to be on my podcast as well. Yes. I'm excited to flip, flip it, flip the script again. <laughs> yes, definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tori.
1: Thank you. What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at T Mystic and let me know what intrigued you, or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or join the Wear Wag Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wherewagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.